This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Love Brand You, the show about personal branding, how your values, your beliefs, your actions help you define and discover your calling and the evolution of you and your brand. I'm your host, Sam Rafus, and on today's show, we are talking about storytelling. If you think about the brands, whether personal or corporate, that we're each drawn to, there is some type of connection with that brand's purpose, their core values, their mission. And when sharing your story in a compelling way, it establishes what your brand is all about. In today's marketplace, we as consumers are seeking more than just a product or service. And to quote Dan McAdams, uh, who's a PhD and an author and a professor of clinical psychology at Northwestern University, Dan McAdams says, if you want to know me, then you must know my story, for my story defines who I am. And here to talk about great storytelling to define you and your brand is my guest, Roger Grant. Roger is a corporate storyteller and a gifted wordsmith. He has an uncommon ability to take complex ideas, concepts, and make them easy to understand. If you need a short, powerful message to attract customers, Roger will give you a clear story in a few words. Roger began his career as a journalist in the radio newsroom, and for the past 20 years, he has focused on branding. Roger Roger is the founder of Identicore Marketing, a consulting firm that creates captivating brand names and compelling brand stories. Most of Roger's consulting work is with business-to-business and tech companies, but the branding concepts that he'll discuss with us today apply to all sizes and types of businesses from solopreneurs to global corporations. Roger, welcome to the show. Thank you, Sam. It's my pleasure to spend this time with you. Well, I'm happy to be, I'm happy to have you here. And Roger, the first time I heard you speak about four years ago, I witnessed your art of storytelling and I wanted to have you on the show, and I'm anxious to talk more about it. But first, start us off by sharing your backstory and why you do what you do. Well, my career started off in the radio newsroom, as you mentioned. So from the time I was age 20, I, you know, my career has been about storytelling. And how do you go to a news event, meet a politician, hear whatever he or she has to say, and then what is it that you communicate back to the people in the newsroom, to the listeners on the air? And that whole uh, process of how do you capture that story and present it well so the people that don't have the background can understand it, can appreciate it, if it's important to them, take action. Uh, that was kind of the foundation where it began. And then as my career advanced, I moved into a few different uh, areas in special event management, sales and marketing. And Personally, what happened for me at that point in time was every time I made one of those transitions, I needed to present a, you know, compelling story to the companies that I would hope would be hiring me. 
about uh, how my background was going to be a fit to help them out. And then uh, as I moved into the consulting world, I realized that that same process that I've gone through individually is what my clients, what companies, what tech firms, what B2B companies, you know, need to do to attract their customers as well. So it started at a personal level and then moved into a little bit more of a business or corporate setting, but it's that same type of skill set and perspective. I can relate as you were talking about it. I was nodding and thinking that that's a lot of the same journey that happened in my career, that what story I was in was leading me to the next, uh, the next uh, point on my path. So tell us, what does it take to really be a brand? Well, you know, branding today has become a very high profile subject. And in some cases, you know, the word brand is used as a synonym for logo or for maybe your tagline or possibly the, you know, the visual design that's around it. And all of those elements, the logo, the name, the tagline, all of those things are vital, vital parts of a brand. But that really isn't what the brand is about. Because what the brand really needs to start from um, is a lot more inside. And so it's the essence of what you are and what you mean to your best customers. So to get to the point of having uh, a logo, a tagline, a name, a design, uh, website content that accurately reflects who you are, you need to go through a process. So the process needs to begin with a discovery uh, phase of going inside and taking a look at yourself and your customers. Then you need to be able to define that brand in the defining phase. You want to come up with mind riveting terms of this is what we're all about so that people being introduced to you for the first time can really get it. And then after you, first of all, discover, then define, then it's time to demonstrate the brand. And in that demonstration phase is when all of the advertising, all the marketing activities, all the promotional activities are really getting into high gear. And then that is when, uh, the visibility for the brand starts. But coming back to what the brand is really all about, where the brand exists is in the shared mind space that you have with your best customers. So that same pattern of thought, that same emotional flow, there needs to be agreement and alignment there. And if you get that shared mind space really well defined, uh, then you're going to be able to attract the ideal customers that you're after. And that shared mind space is the, the storytelling. When people, your customers can feel part of the story, is it not? Absolutely. Uh, your customers finding themselves in your story is absolutely vital. And a little bit later on in the branding process, when you get into what the best structure is for a brand story, uh, what I've been advising clients of now, and I've been doing it for a few years, is that the story doesn't start with the, the company, you know, the solo entrepreneur or the corporation as the protagonist as, you know, we are this company, we do these great things. No, no, it needs to start <laughs> with the world of your customer. It needs to start off with the way that they look at the world. So what's on their radar screen? Uh, what are the uh, things that are part of their environment? And uh, then uh, what are the problems that they're facing? What are the aspirations that they have? And then be able to bring in the, you know, the company persona as being able to assist them, to help them through that journey. Um, and so that's, so your, your whole comment about having 
the customer find themselves in the brand story to start off with is a really crucial point. Right. Please. So what steps do you need to go through to get to that state of shared mind space, Roger? Well, well, Sam, there's a couple of areas, a couple of steps that are needed. The first one is a look deep inside yourself as the business owner, as the entrepreneur, as the, you know, the team that's providing the service or product that you uh, give to the marketplace. And so that deep look inside is wanting to look at uh, who you are now. And, and if you've been around for a while, uh, then also taking a look at uh, what some of your history is. So there's you know two kind of metaphors that uh, we oftentimes use about that. Uh, one is the metaphor of archaeology. So if you are a company that's been around for a while, look back to what those key concepts were, the way that you uh, evolved your company, evolved your product, what was really important at the beginning. And sometimes there are those early seeds, those early ideas that have become forgotten, just kind of... Um, taken for granted, uh, just part of the woodwork now that you don't realize and aren't really tapping into the emotional potential that they have. Uh, you know, Nike needed to do that in the mid 80s when they had missed the Reebok uh, driven aerobics craze. Reebok was growing much faster than Nike at the time. And they went back and took a look at well, what was important to us when we started. And they went back to the days when Phil Knight was a runner at the University of Oregon and his famous coach, Bill Bowerman. And it was all about that athletic spirit that uh, they wanted the Nike brand to be about. And it was at that point in time, they came out with a tagline that we're all familiar with today of just do it. So if you've been around for a while, do some of that archeological exploration of your past. But if, you know, maybe you're a newer company or a solo entrepreneur, entrepreneur just starting out, uh, another metaphor would be helpful. And that might be the one of the onion of uh, you've start off with the onion and you take a look at the outside layers and you understand certain things, but then you peel back layer after layer after layer new discoveries are made and you're understanding what your core values are. You're understanding what's driving you to uh, provide the product or the service that you have, what's really important to you about uh, being able to meet the needs of your customers, uh, what the emotional drive. How about we take a quick commercial break and then we will come back and I want you to tell me, in one of our earlier conversations, you mentioned that every brand needs to have both a function and feeling, and I want to spend a little bit of time on that. So let's just take a quick break, and then you can start us off with that. Are you a speaker who has an inspiring, insightful message that will help women entrepreneurs grow their businesses? If the answer is yes, we invite you to become a pro member of the eWomen Speakers Network. We have over 500,000 women connected through 118 chapters spread across North America. We're looking for speakers to share their wisdom and breakthrough ideas. Go to eWomenNetwork.com and join our Speakers Network. The benefits for pro speakers are incredible. Go to eWomenNetwork.com. And we are back. Roger, before the break, I wanted to know more about brand function and feeling. Tell us more about that. Well, Sam, every brand needs to have both function and feeling to really be a brand into itself. So the function is pretty straightforward. That's kind of what you do and what the straightforward 
results are of the service or the product you provide. The feeling is the emotion that gets wrapped around it. But if you only present a function to the marketplace, you really position yourself as a commodity. Um, if you're only a functional kind of service provider, then all that you're providing are very common kind of services that tend to get ground down on price. But if you add feeling to the function, then you become a brand. A couple of examples might be helpful here. I mentioned Nike a few moments ago. Nike's function is to make great tennis shoes, but it's that feeling of just do it, Michael Jordan, all the athletic endorsements over the years that turn it into a brand. Uh, Michelin's function is to make great tires, but it's the feeling of safety that you wrap around it that uh, turns it into a brand. One of the you know, longest running ad campaigns in recent years was uh, the Michelin campaign that uh, had the tire swing and had those, had those beautiful, innocent faced yeah. babies on the tire swing going back and forth. And, and we can put our, which captured it all. Yeah. And we can, we can put ourselves in that story. Most of us are driving Absolutely. cars. Most of us have families. We're mothers, fathers, sisters, brothers. We have children. We have family. We can put ourselves into that story. So we're connected with it. Absolutely. And in that, that closing line out of that campaign, you know, why buy Michelin? Because so much is riding on your tires. So every brand, every company needs to identify what the functional drivers are and also what the feeling drivers are. And when those two are combined, then you've got a brand. I like it. And in really, in it's the essence of our brand. And I love the imagery going back to the onion that you talked about earlier. We, that's the essence of our brand. By peeling back the onion, we're discovering it. So but we're all busy and customers don't have time or interest to peel back our onions. So how do you get your or our customers to understand the essence of a brand? Well, I want to move to a little bit different part of the produce department in the grocery store for that. So let's walk from the onions over to broccoli. So if you're next time you're in your supermarket, pick up a piece of broccoli and look at it. And you know, what you've got in your hand is a stick with a green fuzzball on top. And then if you break a you know, big piece off the front or a small section off the side, you still have a stick with a green fuzzball on top. And if you break it down, break it down, break it down until you've got that tiniest little floret between your thumb and your forefinger, you still have a stick <laughs> with a green fuzzball on top. Okay, so here's how this applies to brands. So broccoli, everywhere broccoli shows up, it has those same two characteristics. So whether it's in the big um, version or if it's in the tiny version or just a section in between, it always has that stick and green fuzzball on top type of characteristic. Now, every brand needs to have you know, one or two common characteristics that in every touch point, every interaction with a customer, has those same kind of qualities. So uh, one of the ways that uh, we've seen this over the years, uh, it was started really by Southwest Airlines and the aviation industry. Uh, in Canada here, we see it with WestJet. There are many other companies that have kind of patterned themselves after Southwest. And it's that you know zany, fun spirit, uh, casual fun that is part of every brand interaction. Now, it doesn't have to be a zany thing. You know, Maybe it could be a trustworthy, 
good listening characteristic. Uh, you know, you certainly want to have that maybe in a financial planner or perhaps in an accountant. Uh, or it might be a um, aspect of, boy, you know, by sticking with this type of program, your life is going to improve. So that, you know, could easily fit for, you know, someone who is providing, you know, massage therapy to people that are recovering from motor vehicle accidents or, um, you know, helping folks get their nutrition, um, you know. All. Yes. And that's why when I named the show Love Brand You, it was really important to me to have that love element. And people have said to me, probably for 20 years, I know you because you put hearts on everything. So part of my brand is that heart image is the love image. Yeah, and I love the fact that in addition to, you know, tapping into the essence of the brand, which we've spoken about before, and I know it's from an authenticity point of view, is just so important to you, Sam. Yeah. Is the other part of that is that uh, then when you put in, move into using the hearts, uh, then what you're using is you're using that, uh, you know, visual representation of an image. And then there's a visual message that gets communicated every time, you know, someone is on your website, everyone see, every one time someone sees your business card uh, and all those other, you know, kind of uh, print or electronic um, uh, interactions that you have. Right. So what, one of the topics that comes up a lot in branding discussions is the brand promise. And, and we really were just talking about that with the, the love and the hearts. People know that of me and, and expect it of me. What are your thoughts on brand promise? Well, Sam, this actually takes me back to, you know, it's probably the, the best branding lesson that I've ever learned. It was a long lesson. It was actually a hidden lesson. <laughs> it went on for, uh, just about 20 years, but not to my knowledge until the end. Uh, and the instructor for it was, you know, not someone you would expect to be teaching a branding lesson. You know, it wasn't one of the, you know, Madison Avenue moguls or uh, an advertising guru. It was actually an accountant, a you know, fairly quiet, hardworking, mild-mannered accountant. Uh, growing up, we called him Dad. <laughs> uh, now, unknown to me, <laughs> unknown to me and my uh, siblings at the time, uh, this was when I was about 10, uh, you know, my dad at that point in time was turning 40. And uh, so he took some time away from his busy career and four noisy kids. And he uh, sat down and looked ahead in his life and asked himself uh, some you know, pretty important questions. Um, one of the questions that he asked himself was, what kind of a dad do I want to be? Now, my, my father was an accountant. He was a man of numbers, not a man of words. So he didn't, you know, come up with pages or paragraphs or even sentences about what kind of dad he wanted to be. He came up with a single word. You know, his, his entire philosophy of parenting boiled down to a single word. And uh, the day after my youngest brother, uh, you know, was married, uh, we were out for a family brunch and, uh, you know, my dad told us this story that went back to when he was turning 40 about what his philosophy was of parenting. And at that point in time, that was his first day as an empty nester, so he figured it was safe to spill the beans. And so what he told us at the time was his goal for all those years, his one word was to be the available dad. Ooh. And, and, and as I looked back on it, I thought, 
yeah, you know, dad always has been available. So, uh, you know, when life was going rough as a teenager, you know, dad was there for that uh, quiet, caring conversation. Um, you know, in the early part of my career when I was, uh, you know, moving to different cities and working in radio, you know, dad was always there to drive the truck. <laughs> dad was always there. Uh, and, with, you know, the same, same pattern certainly applied for, for my siblings as well. And, you know, from that, here's, here's what I learned from that is that the first thing was there's amazing level of power in focusing on a single word. And, you know, certainly my dad did things to be available. So in his career, when, you know, work got really busy, he would, uh, you know, go in earlier in the morning rather than stay late so that he'd be available to be there at the family dinner table. Um, that's there were commitment. many things that he did. That's, that's commitment to, to his brand promise. What, I'm sure he didn't look at it like, oh, I'm going to make a personal brand by being available but that's what he decided and committed to. And that's what branding is about too. And, and we've talked about it with previous guests that branding isn't just something that you go out and do branding or your brand, I should say is, is your essence. It's who you are. It's what you do. It's what you commit to. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you're right. He, he didn't put it in those, you know, brand promise terms, but you know, now looking at it through more, more of a marketing lens, it's, yeah. And, and so that, that also tells me that, uh, you know, branding is about so much more than, you know, slapping a logo onto something or coming up with a nice slogan. But it's uh, about who you are and about who you serve and about what you want to provide for them. And it's those buzzwords that we hear, but are so important. It is the know, like, and trust factor. Absolutely. Absolutely. And when you've got that alignment you know, from looking inside and looking at your customers, and then that uh, defining and that commitment, we're going to be you know, the available company or whatever that one adjective, if you boil it down to just one word. And then making sure that all of your systems, all of your touch points, all of your uh, customer service, uh, you know, are fitting with that, aligned with that, or congruent with that, uh, then you're creating the right brand experience and you're meaning the, the right things to that core group of customers. So true. So we've mainly focused on discovering the phase of developing a brand, or the, we've mainly focused on discovering during this discussion, Roger, and we're getting to the end of our show, what are the next steps in the process that you, that you do with your clients? Well, after we go through that uh, discovering phase of looking inside and looking inside our customers, then it's taking all of that information together and then distilling it. This is boiling it down. And so that's the defining phase. And in the defining phase, you um, want to come up with a one-page, very potent summary. Uh, brand identity statement is what I call it. It's the, it says who you are and what you do and who you serve and why they buy, why they buy from you and how you make them feel. All in a single page. Uh-huh. And then in addition, in addition <laughs> to that, Sam, the other thing I'd, I'd add in there is... Um, you know, we don't have time, not everybody has time to read a full page. So you need to boil it down to a few 
uh, key taglines. Uh, one which uh, would be the main one would probably appear uh, just underneath your uh, company name or maybe in a headline position on a web page or on uh, print materials, whatever it is that you're uh, producing and reaching out to your customer base with. And then also the, uh, the name of the company, the name of the product is uh, so essential in that defining phase. So we've got that discovering phase, the defining phase, and then the final uh, part after that is the demonstrating where the story uh, comes to life in many ways. In that defining phase, the brand identity statement, that's your brand story. And uh, that's, that's one that um, is uh, certainly worth exploring further. Well, I think that sounds like we need to continue a conversation in another episode or two. So I propose that I have you back even next month. If, if, if you've got the time, we'll talk about the defining phase. And I think our listeners would that's want a, to know about that. I'd, I'd really look forward to that. Be, uh, I think that'd be a helpful, helpful thing for uh, listeners and love to do that. Okay, We're, we will set that up. And for now, uh, what are your closing words of wisdom for today's show? Well, I think uh, that what would be really valuable for uh, listeners to think about is, you know, where your brand exists. Your brand exists in that shared mind space that you have with your ideal client. Yes. So think about their, their story. And uh, how you relate to them, how uh, you're able to assist them, and the, um, the words they use to describe the issues that they're facing. Um, and uh, also the, the ways that you'll be able to improve their, um, their future by the product, by the services that you provide. I like that. So tell our listeners how they can stay connected with you and bridge that gap to the next show. Because I know that some of the people listening are going to be asking me, when is this next show on, on the defining phase? So how, how can they stay connected, Roger? Well, uh, here, here's what I've uh, prepared, Sam. And um, uh, there's a brand discovery worksheet that I've created. And so what, what this is, is it's um, uh, many of the same points that I lead a corporate client through uh, when I'm on a uh, you know, bigger branding assignment. Now, the uh, ideas that are in here you know, apply to you know, my corporate clients, but they also apply to uh, companies that are in the startup phase or even what uh, solo entrepreneurs need to give thought to. So the uh, Brand Discovery Workshop, I've uh, created a worksheet. I've created that, and I've got that on uh, one of uh, my websites for, you know, for free for downloading. So uh, what our um, listeners need to do is just go to the uh, website brandhow.com. So the word brand, then how, tacked on the end, dot com. And they'll be able to see the brand discovery workshop there. And that uh, uh, will lead them through you know, many of the steps we've talked about uh, in our conversation today. Perfect. And I think I'm going to go download that myself, Roger. Excellent. Well, uh, in, enjoy that, Sam, and uh, really enjoyed this time with you today. Well, I thank you for being here, listeners. Head on over to brandhow.com and get your brand discovery worksheet and to samrafus.com to join my community. I am your host, Sam Rafus, and until next time, 
keep sharing the love. This is the EWN Podcast Network.